You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are lower following declines in crude oil ahead of tomorrow's jobs report. S&P 500 index down 8 now to 2,091, a drop there of Four-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ lower, little change, down half a point now. Dow Industrials tumbling 90 points, down five-tenths of one percent. The 10-year down five thirty seconds, looking at a yield of 1.38 percent. Gold down 6.30 the ounce to 13.60, a gain there of five-tenths of one percent. And crude now below $45 a barrel, falling to 44.95 right now, down 247, a drop there of 5.3% on West Texas Intermediate Crude. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Government bond markets have rallied. Ten-year German government bond yields hitting new all-time lows. U.S. Treasury yields retesting their 2012 lows, hovering just under 1.5%. In fact, take a look at the 10-year 1.39%. What does this mean? Well, it means we've got to ask Ira Jersey. He is fixed income strategist and senior client portfolio manager for Oppenheimer Funds. Ira, always a pleasure. Hey, Tim. Nice to be on. All right. So give us uh, give us your best view uh, about what's going on right now in the world of fixed income. It, yeah, well, in, for U.S. fixed income and like U.S. Treasuries, the it, it has nothing to do with U.S. fundamentals, which remain relatively strong. You see higher inflation. I mean, job growth, even though it slowed a little, is still pretty solid. But it's all about what's going on overseas. You have negative rates out to almost 20 years in Japan. You have uh, negative rates in Germany. Um, out to uh, just uh, um, through 10 years. So it's really about flows and where yields are. So people who need any kind of yield still have to come to the U.S. It's hard to – it's really difficult to say this, but the U.S., even with the 10-year at 1.4%, is still a global high yielder among developed bond markets. Well, Ira, uh, the economy may look pretty good to you, but the Federal Reserve was – cautious enough last month. Well, first of all, they changed their view a lot from December to March, not four rate hikes to two. Then at the last meeting, wow, you know, six six out of 17 saw only one interest rate increase this year. So it seems that the Fed is also supporting this bond market rally by suggesting that there will be one, maybe only one hike this year. And some people are saying, you know, you're not going to see anything until at least 2017. Yeah, well, it was certainly after the Brexit vote a couple of weeks ago, you priced out hikes basically for almost two years. 
and, and certainly that's supportive. I think it's central bank policy not only here in the U.S., but also what the European Central Bank's likely to do, what the Bank of Japan certainly is going to do, keeping um, interest rates negative and, and continuing to buy a lot of bonds. I mean, we have to keep in mind, like one of the other – aspects of all of this is, yes, it's true that the Fed might not hike, but even if the Fed were to hike once this year and a couple of times next year, um, that wouldn't necessarily impact the 10-year Treasury that much. That really is going to impact two-year Treasuries, which right now have you know, more or less priced out hikes for the almost the next year and a half. Um, so, so that would be the risk in, in the market if the Fed were to hike. But the 10-year, it's things like the ECB buying investment-grade corporate bonds in Europe. Just the supply of uh, positively yielding assets is shrinking. Uh, believe it or not, it's shrinking. We had, um, we had supply that was a record in investment-grade U.S. corporates in May, and June was, was – actually, June was pretty good until the, the Brexit time, and which basically shut down the market. But um, but because the, this of the shrinking supplies, people have to go somewhere. There's still large pools of money that chase fixed income assets, and um, you know the U.S. Treasury market's not immune to that. And it's you know it's, what's really astounding to me. It's uh, yeah, yes, ten-year Treasuries are, are exceptionally low, but you look at 30-year yields at two uh, at 2.14 percent right now, and you know it's hard to imagine someone needing an annuity that only pays you you know twenty dollars for every thousand-dollar bond you buy. Um, that's not, uh, you know, it's certainly not an attractive return. Um, and I, you know, anticipating your next question, you might ask me, well, is this a bond bubble? And the, the answer is, the, the simple answer is probably not given the policy environment, but it's still not very attractive, uh, not very attractive yields. Ira, talking about the European Central Bank and its bond buying program, why buy the highest grade bonds when there's always a bid for those particularly? Yeah, well, so part of that is there is the, their own structure and how much credit risk they're willing to take. I mean, they want to the, – the idea of buying corporate bonds by central banks is relatively new. It's not something that really has been done since the Great Depression. And um, the idea is, is to get borrowing costs down for corporations so they can – borrow money cheaply, and hopefully expand operations. I, I think part of the problem with all, a lot of this monetary policy and one of the reasons why many people are skeptical if it's, if it's helping, and I think it is helping at the margin, but at the end of the day, it's really the animal spirits. Will you take the money that you borrow and invest it in new plant and equipment or, and, or expanding your business to a new geography, which is then helping the overall economy and, uh, and, and growing um, things like employment and growing um, and, and growing hopefully your own profits in the process but you know people are still very skeptical and don't want to take that kind of risk and, and I think that's really what's kind of keeping the monetary policy in check and and you know monetary policy can only go so far if there was maybe a fiscal response so loosening of the purse strings in by governments perhaps that will happen but it doesn't look like there's much appetite in in uh, world capitals in order to do that. So, Ira, uh, the bond market rally, uh, it looked, you know, once the 10-year punched down to 1.36 on the yield, like given the right set of headlines, it'd be on its way to 1%. So where are we now? What uh, could keep? What could give this rally another kick into high gear? What's going to turn everybody around squealing for the exits, <laughs> you yeah. know, wanting to sure. sell as many as they can as fast as they can? So I think on the rally side for rates is that is that you know U.S. Treasuries are still a flight to quality asset. Like I was thinking, I think a lot of people thought that well at very low yields, even if like stocks sell off 
you know, 10% that treasuries won't rally because there's nowhere to go. And I think that that, uh, that premise has been proven false. They still are a safe haven asset. So, so I do think if you get another risk off, that can push yields lower. Um, another thing that, that I've looked at recently was, you know, who are the incremental buyers of, uh, of treasuries? Because it's not probably not U.S. domestic investors. It is international investors who have the option to buy negative yielding assets or uh, something like treasuries. And uh, given that, it, uh, you, you get down to about one and a quarter, and it's not attractive for Japanese investors, for example, to buy U.S. treasuries anymore. So there probably is some limit, and it's not too far from here. Ira Jersey, thank you so very much for helping us understand what's driving the bond rally. Big day tomorrow for bonds for actually all the markets around the world. He joined us from Oppenheimer Funds. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, Cheetos, Fritos, Doritos, and also a little 7-Up and Pepsi. We've got details as Pepsi shares move higher. That's next. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.